This is Code Breaker, presented by Underdog Fantasy. Code Breaker, we made it to season two. It's my second official off-season as a full-time employee with Player Profiler, and it's now been about four years since I first met the podfather, Matt Kelly, and began working for him on the weekends back in grad school. This off-season, I once again pledge to provide you, the good listeners, with content that you just cannot find anywhere else. Big Fantasy has decided that you can't engage an audience if you mention coding or discuss research. And I'm here to let you know that in this podcast, I mention coding and I discuss research. Save that shit for an article. We don't want to hear that on the airwaves. Now, I don't know who that made-up person is from the big fantasy establishment up top, but they sounded angry. On a serious note, I'm Josh Lurkey, the director of analytics at playerprofiler.com, and if you want to advertise on the show, DM me on Twitter. I am at jlarkeytweets. J-L-A-R-K-Y tweets. You want my TikTok? Pretty small there. Maybe I'll grow one day. At jlarkey TikToks. But in all seriousness, the second off season of this show has just begun. So if you want to advertise, shoot me a little DM on Twitter and we can get to talking. I've got a family to feed. I've got my girlfriend. and I've got my old chunky dog. Rough. Anyway, it's important to know what you know. Essentially, be aware of your own knowledge limitations. What's a limitation of mine? It is, I mean, this is a little uncomfortable to say, but a, a limitation of mine right now is the 2022 rookie class. I really don't know much about this rookie class yet. Come mid-March, I'll be all dialed in. But right now, I'm just a fledgling analyst. When it comes to these nuanced takes about Drake London, Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, and yet Here I am, triumphant, and recording a podcast that's going to be exclusively discussing drafting the 2022 rookie class. If you want the nuanced takes and breakdowns of individual players from the 2022 class, listen to Cody and Andy on the Futurecast, which is part of this exact same podcast channel, Roto Underworld. Now, let's see how those two things can both be true. Me not knowing much about the individual 2022 rookies and me drafting sharp best ball rosters on underdog fantasy via the 2022 rookie class. Sure, this is a super early 2022 best ball show, technically, but I believe that the disconnect between historical rookie production and early 2022 best ball ADP for the incoming rookies also indicates that these 2022 picks are still not being properly valued in your dynasty leagues. And for all the dynasty gamers out there, I assume you want to better understand how rookies produce during their rookie year. And for the pure redraft heads that are listening to this podcast and don't play dynasty and don't play best ball, eh, Who am I kidding? If you're listening to a fantasy football podcast in mid-February and only play redraft, you just might be the most hardcore fantasy football sicko on the planet. Now, I'm sure it's going to surprise some of you listening that you might not even have known that Underdog Fantasy has 2022 best ball drafts currently open to enter. And if you're new to Underdog Fantasy, the sponsor of this show, go to 
underdog fantasy, uh, I would recommend the mobile app. It's the best mobile drafting experience I've ever experienced. Grab that mobile app, make an account, use the promo code UNDERWORLD, promo code UNDERWORLD, and you'll get a $100 deposit match up to 100%. Sorry, I think I, you know what? I, I don't even know what I just said. The $100, how many, how many dollars? I'll put it this way. You put in $20 into underdog with the promo code UNDERWORLD, they give you 20. Now there's 40 in your account and that works up to $100. So you can put up to $100 into your account and they will match that and put another $100 in promo code UNDERWORLD. And their early 2022 best ball tournament, it's called the Big Board. $10 entry. I'm about 70 entries in. It is a ton of fun. And that's kind of what I'm going to focus on is kind of the historical rookie research I've done to help me more confidently draft these 2022 rookies that I don't know anything about. And I think we should address uh, a couple of those voices in my head, a couple of the concerns, the voices that might be in your head, the people where they're like, oh, it's, it's too risky to draft in February for the 2022 NFL season when that season begins in September and it's February. Uh, other person in my head, oh, drafting in February, that's a great way to uh, swim with sharks and lose money. I'd rather wait and draft against the casuals in August. This show will help you realize how to draft better, more plus EV teams in February than your competitors, along with improving your understanding of rookie production over the years. I love exploring the concept of risk. And because quote-unquote risk can be difficult to quantify, it often makes people nervous, where risk has that negative connotation. Again, it's too risky to draft in February for the 2022 NFL season that begins in September. Right now, if I'm drafting best ball teams for the 2022 NFL season, there are myriad risk factors present in every draft. The players I draft could get hurt between now and August. We've already seen that happen with Odell Beckham and his torn ACL in the Super Bowl. I have some 2022 best ball teams with OBJ on them. His ADP was in the seventh round. So my seventh round pick on several teams is quite possibly not going to play much, if at all, in 2022. There's the risk of players getting cut. There's the risk of players getting traded. There's the risk that some teams don't address the QB position properly in the offseason, leading to dysfunctional offenses. Think about this. What if the Steelers roll out Mason Rudolph in week one? Najee Harris's mid-round 180p in these February drafts will look hilarious. Conversely, if Aaron Rodgers signs with Denver and Melvin Gordon signs elsewhere, then Javante Williams' late first, early second round ADP is going to look like a total steal compared to Najee Harris if he if Najee's with Mason Rudolph and Aaron Rodgers and Javante Williams are tearing it up in Denver. But Najee Harris gets drafted before Javante Williams. So many different quote-unquote risk factors. These are 20-round drafts. Antonio Brown goes in the 18th, 19th, or 20th round, occasionally even undrafted. And Antonio Brown may never step on an NFL field again. But let's fast forward to May. What if he re-signs with the Patriots in May to be their presumptive wide receiver one? His ADP would shoot up, might get nestled somewhere in, I don't know, the, the first five rounds of these drafts, even though he's currently going in the 18th, 19th, or 20th round. And again, let me remind you that this show will be focused on 2022 best ball. But I think anyone who plays Dynasty or even any redrafts enthusiasts, they're going to find the rookie research I prepared for this show very, very helpful. 
If you were to quickly scan all the 2022 ADPs on underdog, you will not find any rookies that consistently go in the first five rounds of these 12-person drafts. The two earliest rookies based on ADP, running back Brees Hall, his ADP is 61, the RB22, and Traylon Burks, ADP 67, wide receiver 32. So Brees Hall, the RB22, early sixth round, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver 32, mid sixth round. Again, that means there's no rookies going in the first five rounds of these early 2022 drafts. And you may be thinking that makes perfect sense because it's risky to draft these guys so early. We don't know what team they'll be on. We don't know exactly when they'll be drafted. And I'll state again also that I, Joshua Larkey, am admittedly pretty unaware of the many nuances of these individual 2022 rookie players, but I'm drafting an absolute truckload of these rookie receivers, running backs in these drafts. And let's find out why. I'm going to go through some research on the rookie receivers, then turn toward rookie running backs. If you want to hear some additional research on rookie running backs, as well as my thoughts and research on rookie tight ends, I'll put that at the beginning of the outtakes after the beat drop. The first six wide receivers off the board in these early 2022 drafts are Traylon Burks, ADP of uh, 60, 67, 68, kind of goes in the middle there. He's the wide receiver 32. Then there's Garrett Wilson, ADP 82, wide receiver 39. Drake London, pick 95, wide receiver 44, sorry, wide receiver 45. Chris Olave, ADP of 107, the wide receiver 49. Jameson Williams, ADP 127, wide receiver 58. And then David Bell, ADP 130, wide receiver 59. So the first rookie wide receiver off the board goes at pick 68 as the wide receiver 32. We'll revisit this shortly. And note, I'm recording this on Wednesday, February 16th. There's a decent chance by the time you listen to these rookies, they could be going even earlier in drafts. They, you might listen and go, oh, Josh is a liar. They're Traylon Burks. Oh, he said his ADP was 68. It's now 60, 66. I can't believe it. It's because maybe more and more people are starting to catch on to the type of research that I've done. And they maybe they did this type of research themselves. I don't know. But all I know is we got to get in while the getting is good. For this research, I code in R. It's the letter R. If you want to learn to code in R just like I do, it's a statistical coding language. Well, I actually teach a course where you learn analytic skills. You learn how to code in R. And I teach you exclusively with football data sets. I keep it interesting. And I make sure that not only is the course interesting, but the actual analytics concepts that you learn, you can take outside the football industry. If you like stocks, if you like housing prices, I, I don't know what kind of data you want to analyze, but whatever it is, I assure you the skills that you learn in this course, you can apply there. If you want to check it out, go to thatrcodingsite.com, that, the letter R, thatrcodingsite.com. And if you purchase anything, use the promo code CODEBREAKER, CODEBREAKER, all lowercase, no spaces, CODEBREAKER, get 10% off your purchase just for listening to this show. So I fire up some R code. I started with every wide receiver season from 2015 to 2021, seven seasons of data. I really didn't know exactly how far back to go, but I felt like seven years. That was a large enough sample to spot a trend while also not going too, too far back that the modern NFL and its handling of rookies wasn't properly represented. I took all the receivers who had 10 or more games played in a season. 
And then I got the average fantasy points per game for each positional finish. And we're doing it in half PPR because that's what underdog fantasy scoring is. It's half PPR. Over the last seven years, the wide receiver one overall is averaging about 18.9 half PPR points a game. If you move on down, uh, the, the wide receiver six averages about 15 half PPR points a game. The wide receiver 13 is also about 13 half PPR points a game. The wide receiver 18, so that's kind of like a mid-range wide receiver two. So the wide receiver 18 is at uh, 12 half PPR points a game. And then the wide receiver 30, kind of a middle, kind of a middling wide receiver three type. Wide receiver 30 is averaging 10 half PPR points a game. From here, once I got that info, just to know a few interesting benchmarks, then I trimmed the data set down to just look at the rookie wide receivers over the past seven seasons, 2015, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 2020, and 2021. And I wanted the rookie wide receivers to have 10 or more games played. And I wanted them to have 10 or more half PPR points a game. Remember, 10 or more half PPR points a game, that's a 10, That's on average the 10 points a game for half PPR, the wide receiver 30. So that's like a middling wide receiver three, giving you 10 half PPR points a game. So I looked and on average, there's two and a half rookies per season at wide receiver that are giving you a wide receiver 30 or better type finish. And on average, there've been four per season the last three years. There were two in 2015, two in 2016, one in 2017, one in 2018, three in 2019, five of them in 2020 and four in 2021. And I mean, why not? We'll just list them. So 2015, the two rookies to hit 10 or more fantasy points a game, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs. 2016 saw Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill. 2017, we had Juju Smith-Schuster. 2018, we had Calvin Ridley. 2019, we had A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, and this one might surprise you, Darius Slayton. In 2020, what a class. We had Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, and of course, Justin Jefferson. And then this past year, we had four of them. Obviously, Jamar Chase, also Jalen Waddell, as well as Elijah Moore and Amon Ra St. Brown. Now, let's go back to that concept of risk. So at this point, we know that on average, there's two and a half per season over the last seven seasons of these rookie receivers that are cracking the wide receiver 30 benchmark, if not doing better. But so it's too risky. You can't draft a rookie, right? That's why Traylon Burks is the wide receiver 32 outside the top 30 receivers. And that's the earliest rookie receiver being drafted. If we want to scoot the benchmark up to 12 half PPR points a game or better, which would be the wide receiver 18. We had one of them in 2016. That was Michael Thomas. We had two in 2020 and two in 2021. So we had, let me look, we got Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk from last year. And then this year, that was uh, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. So there are rookie receivers that can, we've had two the past two years each that have hit that wide receiver 18 threshold. And then maybe every other year on average, we even get a, a borderline wide receiver one type because the wide receiver 13 per game is averaging 13 half PPR points a game. And we had one of them in 2016, one in 2020, one in 2021. So essentially these rookie wide receivers, they're a decent bet for the type of player that can drastically exceed their ADP. This doesn't mean that, uh, doesn't mean Traylon Burks is guaranteed to beat his ADP, but players like him, they're solid picks because we know it's just difficult to value by ADP. They're difficult to value, and we want to be picking players, especially in best ball tournaments where, where there's tens of thousands of entrants and top-heavy payouts, 
we want to be picking players whose ADP doesn't fully capture their upside. Some see the rookie wide receivers as just too risky, where the risk is landing spot, draft capital. Maybe it's a guy like Terrace Marshall who just ends up falling flat on his face as a rookie. Whatever the reason, the public views them as risky, and their ADP reflects that. But now, at least with these rookie wide receivers, you know statistically that they're decent bets for exceeding ADP. Now, I haven't analyzed the Best Ball Mania 2 data yet, which is the Best Ball Mania is the flagship summer tournament for underdog fantasy. It's $25 entry. You get tens and tens of thousands of entrants. So I've analyzed Best Ball Mania 1 data from 2020. I haven't yet uh, done the full deep dive on the 2021 data yet for Best Ball Mania 2, but I'd assume that the results are similar. Now, I just got to give a shout out to our two analytics interns helping out for the spring. We've got Dario Offstein, and you can find him on Twitter at Dario underscore Offstein, D-A-R-I-O underscore O-F-F-S-T-E-I-N. His research will primarily be focused on best ball for the spring. And then we have Ahan Rungta, and you can follow him on Twitter at Ahan Rungta, A-H-A-A-N-R-U-N-G-T-A. And his research focus for the spring is going to be on Dynasty. Now, one thing that I did with this best ball data set from 2020 is I thought, all right, now that I've got this got this big data set that I've done some analysis with, let's look at every week and let's look at the wide receivers entering players' lineups. In 2020, the best ball drafts, they were 18 rounds and you could start three receivers, uh, a flex. So you were starting three to four receivers each week. And I looked at the receivers that were actually entering each person's lineup. So I went through and looked at every single pick made by every single one of the 30,000 plus entrants. And I saw week after week, which receivers cracked the starting best ball lineup. The median score was 12.4 half PPR points for receivers. And the 40th percentile, so if we go a touch below average for a wide receiver entering your best ball lineup, it was 10.6 half PPR. So we'll just call it 10 and 12. Keep it very simple. So first, rookie wide receivers who had at least four games of 10 or more half PPR points. So these are rookie receivers where they're most likely entering our best ball lineup at least four times during the season. 2015, there were four of them. 2016, there were four of them. 2017, three receivers fit this. 2018, seven receivers fit this. 2019, we had eight rookie receivers with four or more games of 10 or more half PPR points. In 2020, we had seven rookies that fit this bill. And in 2021, there were five. And now if I did the same thing, but I said four or more games of 12 or more half PPR points, that more represents the median of about 12 that these receivers were entering uh, our best ball lineups with. So if we look four or more games of 12 or more half PPR points, three rookie receivers in 2015, four in 2016, three in 2017, five 2018, seven in 2019, five in 2020 and four in 2021. Clearly there's many rookie receivers every single year that are actual difference makers of some type in best ball. And if we want the rookie receiver to have four or more games of 15 or more half PPR points, it's kind of hard to do 15 or more half PPR points, four or more times, pretty elite production in best ball. And in 2015, there were two, 2016, there were two, none in 2017, one in 2018, two rookie receivers did that in 2019, five in 2020 in this past year in 2021, four rookie wide receivers had 15 or more half PPR points at least four games. 
rookie receivers also score more points as the season progresses, which if you're in a top heavy payout tournament where the majority of the money is made late season, then this is helpful that the rookies score more points as the season progresses. I looked at every rookie receiver that could hit 10 or more half PPR points. I looked at every time that happened and I just counted up how many how many games that was across the board and all seven years from 2015 to 2021, all seven years, there were more points or more games of 10 fantasy points or more, more games in the second half than the first half of the season. So 2015, it was 16 in the first half, 24 performances in the second half, 16 to 24, 2016 was 16 to 31 and so on. The past two years in 2020, 31 receivers or there were 31 receiver games of 10 plus points from the rookies, 31 in the first half, 40 in the second half. In 2021, 23 in the first half, 30 in the second half. So these are not only good bets to exceed ADP, but they score best ball points and they do it oftentimes in the second half when the real money is being won. If you don't like the the half and half because you say, hey, these best ball tournaments, really, you just want the final quarter of the season to score points because the real money is going to be in week 13, 14, 15 type stuff. Great. We can break it down into quarters and all seven years, the most 10 or more fantasy point games from rookie receivers, they come in the fourth quarter of the season, which would be game 13 onward. Right around when the, the playoffs for best ball tournaments or playoffs for dynasty or redraft, that's right when those playoffs start. So uh, actionable advice for dynasty. Hey, if you're a contending dynasty team, Maybe a high-performing rookie wide receiver isn't even the worst player to trade for at the deadline. If you grabbed Jalen Waddle halfway through last season, you were happy with his sustained production and some really nice spike weeks towards the end of the season. Now, let's turn to running back. Everyone take a deep breath. We made it through wide receiver. And, I mean, you, you know me. I am a running back appreciator. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, these are running backs I like. I love the running backs. And we're going to chat some running backs. So as I mentioned before, Brees Hall, ADP of 61 and a half. So he goes early sixth round. He's the first rookie running back off the board at RB22. The next one is Kenneth Walker, ADP of 92. He's the RB30. Isaiah Spiller, ADP 100, RB32. Kyron Williams, ADP 128, running back 40. Those are the first four. The RB22, RB30, RB32, and RB40 with ADPs of 62, 92, 100, 128. Not a lot of uh, rookie running backs going super early. Same drill as wide receivers. Let's, we're just going to start breezing through this research. We know the drill. We know the pattern. I first took the last seven years of data for running back, and I looked at positional finishes for all players. If you're averaging 15 half PPR points a game during the season with 10 or more games played, 15 fantasy points a game, RB9. The RB15, 13 fantasy points a game. The RB19, so kind of like the middling RB2, 12 fantasy points a game. And the RB26 is the one scoring about 10 half PPR points a game. Now, if we look at the last seven years, rookie running backs that played 10 or more games, averaging 10 or more fantasy points a game. Because remember, the RB26 per game is averaging 10. So if we want at least RB26 or better material, in 2015, there were five of them. 2016, two. 2017, four rookie running backs. 2018, five. 2019, three. 2025, 2021, four. The math, that makes an average of four rookie running backs per season. 
that are hitting RB26 or better per game. Yet only one of them, Brees Hall, RB22 in ADP, only one, Brees Hall, is even drafted within the first 26 running backs. So that, I mean, right there, wow. You thought the rookie wide receivers were, as Matt loves to say, you thought that was arbitrage. Oh, no, 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 no. It almost looks like these rookie running backs is even the the bigger arbitrage. The RB19 per game, as I mentioned before, is about 12 fantasy points a game. And if we look at the last seven years, running backs as rookies with 12 or more half PPR points a game. So if they're the RB19 or better, the last seven years, we've had two, then two, then four, then four, then two, then five in that historic 2020 class, and then two in 2021. So just to, just to put it in very simple terms for the folks out there, there have always been the last seven years, always two or more rookie running backs that are giving you RB19 or better production per game during their rookie season. Yet there's, uh, Brees Hall is the RB22 in ADP. Yet we can pretty much bank on at least two of these guys hitting RB19 or better. Arbitrage. People don't want the risk. It's a rookie running back. I don't, what, what team's he going to be on? The RB15 per game, so kind of a high-end RB2. 13 or more fantasy points a game the last seven years. Per year for rookie running backs, we've had one, two, three, two, one, three, and two each season. So about two per season that are hitting RB15 or better numbers. But remember, they go at RB22 or later. And if we want RB9 per game, so like a, a kind of like a middling RB1, you want them to have 15 or more fantasy points a game. We had one in 2015, one in 2016, three in 2017, one in 2018, none in 2019, one in 2020, and one in 2021. Najee Harris. Pretty much one every single season is going to be the RB9 or better. Now, if we do the, the same drill with the Best Ball Mania data set from Underdog, we're looking at those 30,000 plus entrants from 2020 just to see what the median is for these running backs entering our lineup, either in the RB1, RB2, or flex spot. It's about 12 half PPR points a game. And just like wide receiver, if we want the 40th percentile for a so a slightly below average score for a running back entering our lineup, 10 fantasy points a game. So if we just look at rookie running backs who had at least four games with 10 fantasy points a game, so they're, they're some type of meaningful contributor to your fantasy football roster, Here's the numbers by year of how many rookie running backs had at least four games of 10 fantasy points. Eight, five, nine, eight, four, seven, and seven in the past two years. So you're getting between five and nine rookie running backs giving you pretty legitimate fantasy production most of these years. If we want the the rookies where they had four or more games of 12 fantasy points, because 12 is kind of that median for entering your best ball lineup, four or more games of that, the last seven years we've had five then four, then six, then five, then four, then six, then five rookie running backs to do that. So you're basically getting five rookie running backs a year as really nice difference makers where they're starting to enter your lineup with some type of authority. But if we want the real spike weeks at running back, I want four or more games of 15 plus fantasy points. There have been at least two running backs every single year the past seven years as rookies to do that and give you four or more games of 15 or more fantasy points. Two, then two, then four, then four, then two, then four in 2020, and then two running backs this past year with four or more games of 15 fantasy points. So it turns out that while yes, yes, I I understand. Hey, I'm not, I'm no dummy. Sure. It's bad to draft too many running backs in best ball, but 
if there was ever an archetype of running back that you could say is good to draft at ADP, it'd be rookie running backs. Rookie running backs can be consistent too. If we look at, uh, say that I wanted just eight or more games of 10 half PPR points or better. So eight or more games with 10 fantasy points. Pretty much every year, there's at least two of them. 2015, there were two. 2016, two. 2017, four. 2018, three. 2019, one. 2024, 2021, two. These rookie running backs can be consistent. Eight or more games entering your lineup. Now, not quite as extreme as the rookie receivers, but... These rookie running backs also usually improve their uh, 10 plus fantasy point type performances in the second half of the season. So that that's happened every single year except 2017 and 2021. 2017, we went from 45 of these 10 plus fantasy point games in the first half to 44 in the second half of the season. And then this past year, 2021, we had 28 of these performances in the first half and only 25 in the second half. The other years, there were considerably more second half decent games for best ball or for redraft or dynasty, whatever kind of league you're in. If we break it down by quarter of the season, we have the first four games, second four games, then the third section of four games, and then the fourth section of four games, which would be like games one through four, five through eight, nine through 12, and 13 onward of the, the season. Generally, that, that fourth quarter of the season, games 13 onward, is where the majority of these spike weeks come from for the running backs compared to those other sections of the season. So just like rookie receivers, frequently doing better as the season progresses. Think think, uh, think Jonathan Taylor from 2020. Remember when he all of a sudden went absolutely nuclear towards the end of the season, got the keys to the offense? That's the type of thing that can happen and will happen more often with a rookie running back than some other random running back that you're taking in your best ball, dynasty, redraft, whatever kind of draft you're in. And then finally, I'll touch on tight end a little bit. I'll do it briefly. It's a small sample size. There's not many pass catching tight ends. And there's just not that many highly drafted tight ends that we can ever anticipate making that year one impact. So if I look at ADP, we've got two rookie tight ends that caught my eye. This year we have Trey McBride. His ADP is 173, which goes at the tight end 21. And then we have Jalen Weidermeyer, ADP 238, tight end 40. Now over the past seven seasons, Looking at positional finish, the tight end four, so the elite tight end, giving you about 10 half PPR points a game. A tight end nine, kind of like that uh, middling tight end one. Decent drop off down to eight fantasy points a game. Tight end 13 is seven PPR half PPR points a game. Tight end 18, six half PPR points a game. Now, if we're looking at six or more fantasy points a game, that tight end 18 level, there's just not that many of them each year because like I said, small sample, but... We had one rookie tight end in 2016 who did it, two in 2017, one in 2018, one in 2019, none in 2020. So yeah, not even like a Cole Komet. None of them did it. Adam Troutman didn't do it. 2021, we had two. Pretty obvious who it is. Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, both had six or more fantasy points a game and played at least 10 games as a rookie. So that's a tight end 18 level. So most years we get one, maybe two tight ends that hit tight, 18, tight end 18 or better. 
So I'd say McBride and Weidermeyer, they probably fit that bill as tight ends with decent draft capital with decent receiving profiles. We look at seven or more fantasy points a game, kind of like a tight end 13, the high end tight end two type. We had one in 2016, one in 2017, one in 2018, and then Pitts and Fryer Muth in 2021. So maybe every other year it happens. Eight fantasy points a game or better, the tight end nine type, once in 2016, once in 2017, once in 2021, and none have ever hit that 10 fantasy points a game or better as a rookie. So we've had no elite tight end seasons in fantasy the last seven years. No high-end tight end ones as rookies. Looks like Kyle Pitts was probably the, the closest to do it based on usage. He had over a thousand receiving yards. He just happened to only have one touchdown. I think the takeaway here, fairly simple. Trey McBride, he's pretty much a lock to go round one in the NFL draft. He just had over 1,100 receiving yards as a senior at Colorado State. So I'd say, uh, yeah, Trey McBride, ADP in the 170s. He's a pretty good pick at the tight end 21 spot, who I think has a pretty good chance of being potentially that high-end tight end two type when the season ends. You want to look at the, the best ball tournament data, best ball mania. Generally, the tight ends that are entering your lineup score just under nine fantasy points when they enter your lineup, which probably means they scored a touchdown. 40th percentile for entering your lineup was just under eight fantasy points. Now, it's not super pretty, but if you want four or more games with six or more fantasy points, so that maybe this guy, you're hoping he can enter your lineup respectably. Two in 2015, two in 2016. Five rookie tight ends did it in 2017. Four in 2018. Five in 2019. None in 2020. And then we had three in 2021. If you want four or more games with eight fantasy points or better, so these are the very usable weeks, you're getting one to two a season most years. One, one, three in 2017, two, 2018, none, none, so none in 2019 or 2020, and then two, Pitts and Friar in 2021. And for best ball, if you're like, oh, what about the mega spike week? 10 or more half PPR points a game from tight end. We had one do it in 2016, two do it in 2017, and then one in 2020. It's pretty rare. Shouldn't expect it. Overall, I would say out of the three positions that we discussed, running back, receiver, tight end, tight end, pretty much the least sexy rookie typed draft. So rare to get the difference making production. Do you know who that one guy was in 2021? The one rookie tight end who had at least four games of 10 fantasy points? That's not even Kyle Pitts. He only had one touchdown. It's Pat Fryermuth. Pat had seven touchdowns as a rookie. He's probably gonna have fewer than that this year catching passes from someone like Mason Rudolph. Also, rookie tight ends are generally gonna have more total games of spike weeks in the second half of the season just like receivers and running backs. Same thing if you look and break the season down into four game quarters, the final quarter, they do a little better. But uh, just to reiterate, I'm not taking too much away from this with tight end. I think uh, the only real takeaway would be Trey McBride going in the 170, the 170s. That's a target of mine. And then I haven't drafted him too often because he usually goes undrafted. But if I'm gonna take a late round tight end shot in the 20th round, I want a flyer. Jalen Weidermeyer, He's at least interesting if you want just one more warm body at tight end for your best ball roster. Eh, who am I kidding? If you're listening to a fantasy football podcast in mid-February and only play redraft, you just might be the most hardcore fantasy football sicko on the planet.